welcome back to another episode of the Field Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Drutz, local extension educator for crops in Stearns, Benton, and Morrison counties. And with me for only a short time more, Mike Cruz, local educator from Houston and Fillmore counties. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing fantastic, Nathan. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. We've had some rain. You know, I, I remember some of our starting episodes here for the podcast. I was sitting there talking about how gloomy it was and it was cold and it was snowy. And then we didn't podcast it for a while. And now I'm kind of glad that it's rained. I could yeah. go for a few more gloomy days. We're still only, we're still about three, four inches short of where we should be. So right. yeah, it got really, really dry there for a while. We weren't nearly as bad as you guys, but yeah, you guys got really dry. Things are definitely moving along in a hurry. As of today, we are very close to completing silage harvest and most of the grain is, is getting ready to come out of the fields. I know guys are starting on both corn and beans at the moment. So something to keep an eye on as we go along here. How are things looking down there? You know, it's one of those situations, like I said, we didn't get as dry as you guys did. Um, and so a lot of our crops are actually going to do pretty well. Uh, we're, we lost some on the top end, right? We had frost, we had some freeze situations. We got a little bit dry. But then we got some really timely rains. And I, I think I think the producers down here are going to be okay. Like I said, we lost some on the top end, but in the end, we got the rains when we needed them. And uh, beans are just starting to come out now. I've seen one or two corn fields kind of getting opened up just to see where they sit, right? Maybe do some high moisture corn. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty positive about the way things are probably going to turn out down in the southeast. Well, that sounds great. I, you know, I think we're pretty positive here too because we've had some late rains that have really helped out in terms of grain fill things aren't still going to look quite as nice i've seen some cornfields up here and i've i've popped some ears and nice deep kernels but not very big so definitely it's, it's long slender ears without tip fill we had some pollination issues we got really hot and dry about pollination time so some some major issues there but this leads me into you know when i introduced you you said you know well, you know we're getting ready to to switch over hosts here and, and, you know, while I'm, I'm going to be sad to be losing you as a host here as a, you know, fellow UW grad and, and of course all the jokes we can, we can muster <laughs> there, but uh, you know, where, where, where's next for you there, Mike? Yeah, for sure. So for those who don't know, I'm actually about two weeks out of the time of recording this. I'm about two weeks out um, from leaving extension. Um, and then I'm actually going to go work for the Minnesota department of ag out of Rochester. So I'm going to be working on soil nitrate and water quality issues uh, all across the southeast. Very nice, and and of course, you know now you're you're leaving the the good side for the evil side, right? This is <laughs> this is a switch over. You're you're roughly Anakin or Darth Vader at this point, right? <laughs> I mean, that's about right. You know, just give me my red lightsaber, we'll be good to go. You mentioned that you're going to be working with nitrate and water issues. You know, what yeah. what is that actually going to end up looking like? Yeah, so I, I think a lot of people that I've known for a pretty long time, right? Like nitrogen moves in our ecosystems and it moves pretty easily, especially with water. Now, if you look at Southeast Minnesota, we have karst topography down here, right? Which means basically we have straight line tunnels that go from soil surface all the way down to our drinking water supplies, right? And anytime anything moves down in there, it gets to our drinking water very quickly. And so we're trying to work with you know, on the landscape level, talking about producers, but we're also talking about landowners on how we can manage our nitrogen and how we're both applying it, when we're applying it, how much we're putting on, all of those things um, that try to reduce the amount of nitrate level pollution we have in our drinking water. So what you're saying is less Anakin, more uh, Count Dooku, right? 
<laughs> but you're actually still going to be interacting with with extension here. Of course I am. Of course I am. I mean, uh, extension is obviously um, the education out, outreach piece, right? And we, I totally plan to work hand in hand with extension. You know, we've got educators like Greg Klinger down in our area and others around the state that work on very similar issues. Um, yeah, so working hand in hand with extension all the way. And for those of you who don't know, yes, the reason why I'm making Star Wars references is because I've noticed in the background whenever we record <laughs> these videos that in Mike's office at his house, he has Star Wars posters on the backs, uh, back uh, behind him. So yeah, I, I kind of assumed that we, we had an understanding there with the Star Wars references. But with that being said, that actually leads really nicely into our next uh, topic here, because with you leaving, that means we need a second host for this podcast and that... Actually, now we're going to have to introduce a, a new challenger here in, in Claire Lacan, one of our local educators out of Rice and Steel counties, and she's actually got a lot of background in what you were just talking about. So, instead, I'm going to I'm going to turn now to Claire, and you know, how how are things doing in your area, Claire? Hi, Nathan. Yeah, thanks for having me on and uh, taking me on as a new host. And I will say right up front here, Star Wars references are not going to work with me. I'm nerdy about a lot of other things, but not Star Wars. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, but if we want to get nerdy about soil and bugs, please, we can uh, do that all day long. So yeah, you alluded to the fact that I have a little bit of experience uh, in soils and um you know, sustainable farming type topics. And that is sort of what my background is in, as well as entomology. So just, we can delve more into that, but you asked how things are going here in my neck of the woods. And uh, they are pretty similar to Mike's situation in Fillmore and Houston counties. We were maybe a little bit drier up in this neck of the woods, uh, but for the most part, looking relatively good again at this point, good um, timely rains as well. And Steele County did hit D2 designation earlier this summer in drought. So there was a little bit of um, emergency CRP grazing and things like that, but not nearly as bad as what happened up in central Minnesota up in your neck of the woods, Nathan. Well, and I'd have to say things here aren't nearly as bad as if you start going up even further north. And and for those of you who are listening who maybe don't understand where exactly everything is at, my cruise is down in the far southeastern section of the state. Claire Lacan is somewhere between Owatonna and Northfield. And then you go up towards uh, where I'm at. I'm up here in the St. Cloud, Little Falls area. So, you know, it, it's really three different regions, if you will, within the state. I see bobbing heads, which means that I must have said something right there. So, um, you know, how, how are crops themselves then looking uh, in terms of yields? What are you thinking we're, we're going to be looking at for this year in your area there, Claire? Yes, I'm planning on going out into the field with one of our regional educators later this week or next week from when we're recording and hoping to get some real estimates for yield, but in general, looking pretty average, pretty normal. Really, our precipitation has been close to average um, and planning on things being relatively normal other than maybe some stock quality issues with some of the winds we've had in the last couple of weeks. 
so going back, I guess, you know, that's good to hear. And, and that sounds pretty great to me. I mean, that's, I think what we're hoping we hit is average yields up here at this point. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that works out. So, but getting back to a little bit about your background and, and can you tell us a little bit about, I know you've got a master's degree. Can you tell us a little bit about your research and, and your background on that front and what you might be bringing to the podcast? Yeah. So I went to grad school at South Dakota State University so the other side of Minnesota from you, Wisconsinites, and <laughs> um, I focused on agroecology and entomology, and my research really looked at insect communities and differently managed corn. So a lot of the comparison was looking at fields that had cover crops and maybe did some other uh, reduced tillage or sustainable type practices as well. Uh, and then looked at insect communities in fields that didn't have cover crops and probably used typical tillage regimes. And uh, again, looked at insect communities and also how those insect communities impacted soil health in those fields as well. So everything kind of tied back to insects and entomology, which is really my passion area. And I've loved bugs since I was little, and I'm glad to be able to geek out about them in this job and usually almost every day. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, we work as a team, as the local educator group, right? Each one of us has strengths and, and weaknesses and things where like, we get a question, we don't exactly know how to answer, we know who to go to. And there, there are two people on the team that are, are widely known for being able to identify insects and other bugs very well. One's Shane Bujea, and then Claire is definitely one of our go-tos when it comes to this type of, uh, type of a question. So yeah, I, she's done a good job of describing her background, but I just want to give it a little extra oomph. Like she is the go-to person, or at least one of the go-to people on our team when it comes to identification on insects in general. I would actually second that because I think on all of my entomology questions to Shane, it's Shane and Claire. Like you don't yeah. separate those two. That's just where that where that goes. So uh, definitely would agree with that. So what what then? Uh, you know, you talked about your entomology like work. Uh, what then are you working on currently that you're you're pretty excited about there, Claire, in in your current position? Oh yeah. So I love working with farmers in Rice and Steel counties. Also, I work with gardeners and homeowners on a variety of questions. But of course, one of my background areas and passion areas uh, is in cropping systems. So I uh, work with farmers who are doing some really exciting things with cover crops and reduced tillage, especially in the Rice County area that's taken off pretty vibrantly. And another thing that I'm really excited to work on right now is I am a committee member and co-chair of the Soil Management Summit, which was formerly the Conservation Tillage Conference. And we are holding that in Mankato this year. So it's fun to line up a nice uh, docket of speakers. And it's something, again, that I'm an area that I'm passionate about and happy to help make programming for farmers statewide. Very nice. Well, I think we've had, an, you know, we've learned quite a bit about your background and where your current work is. 
now I guess it's the time where we get a chance to, to really delve into some of the things you say and, you know, some of the passions and get a chance to speak to an expert on some of this stuff. So, you know, I guess one of the first questions I've got is you mentioned sustainable practices. And I think this is something we've run across, Mike, you and you and I both, we've run across this, you know, with about every grower, I think we've talked about. And, uh, you know, I guess the, the question here is, is what is sustainability? What do you, what do you classify into sustainability? Dang, you threw out a tough one for I don't know geez. if it was a tough one. I think I yeah. had I think Mike, you made me answer this question. At <laughs> I one probably point. did. <laughs> yeah, no, that is a good question because I you probably saw some of the trepidation on my face when I said sustainable practices, because I think it's really open to interpretation. And when I was using that phrase, I'm really referring to practices particularly aimed at conserving soil integrity. Uh, so a lot of those things have to do with tillage and then the use of diverse crops. And I don't know if that is the definition of sustainability, because I think you can take it a lot of directions as far as economics, environmental sustainability. But often when I refer to those sustainable practices, I'm talking about things that will leave the soil in good shape or increase soil uh, functionality. I'm digging this. I love a soil centric, sustainable like framework. That is, that is my life. That is what I love to see. Say so the look on your face, Mike, you look very uh, interested and also uncomfortable because usually it's you the one asking these questions <laughs> of me. And, I, and I, I get the feeling that you're scared. We're going to start asking you questions. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I believe it. <laughs> well, you know, um, it, something that I think is also interesting, you mentioned, you know, is your inner is looking at intersect insects intera- and interactions with tillage systems and, and how that impacts sustainability. Could you talk to us a little bit about, you know, what, what you're finding there in terms of insect insect communities and how that, you know, how tillage and some of these practices impact our insect communities and, and what kind of, and how that relates back to soil health? Yes. Yes. So tillage disturbs the soil, right? So disturbs the communities that live within the soil as well. And so often in systems that use more intense tillage regimes, you see fewer insects, right? Fewer, uh, especially fewer beneficial insects in the soil and other arthropods too. Uh, and so that's what some of my research found when I was at South Dakota State University was that an increase of tillage often correlated with a decrease in our arthropod communities in the soil. And so arthropods are super important for soil health because they help break down, you know, plant residue. So they help with decomposition and they also help with nutrient and even water cycling in the soil profile as well ergo, it's good to have insects in the soil. Um, so not only does tillage have impacts, you know, on breaking up aggregates or, uh, physical impacts on the soil itself. It also decreases typically, or is at least correlated with decreases in our beneficial arthropod communities. And it kind of throws me back, Nathan, if you remember in our first episode or two, we actually talked to my dad 
um, who was a retired farmer, and he talked about switching, you know, as a family from mobile plow to chisel plow, and then he went from chisel plow to no-till, and and all the differences that they saw there. So it's it's this really nice, almost like a little circle we're, we're making here. We're bringing it back to the first episode and, and as you guys move forward with all this. Yeah, and I actually really enjoy this because this this connects really well into to my work with the university there in their long term, you know, Wisconsin integrated cropping systems trial. And and I think that the cycle here is really cool to see that my focus is on wheat management and wheat management risks in our conservation tillage systems versus, you know, some of our more intensive tillage systems. And of course that 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 definition is also up to to some level of debate and but you know it's really cool to hear this from the insect side of things because you know when when we talk about integrated pest management now it's not just going to be me talking about the weeds we got an opportunity here to talk about how do how do the insects inter, intersect with this as well so claire i, I kind of had a an offshoot of this i guess or maybe a tangent however you want to say it you're you're coming into a podcast and obviously you're replacing me i'm just kind of curious why are you interested in jumping in on the podcast? What you're hoping to get out of it and like where you think the podcast might go? Yes, I really appreciate about this podcast that it is focused on the local level and talking to producers who are trying new things. And I think that's a great thing, I guess, about extension in general. I learn just as much from the farmers that I interact with as that I hope they maybe learn a little something from me. And so particularly this podcast is exciting for me. And there are some producers in Rice and Steel counties that I am really excited to highlight on this podcast. So I think that's one of the reasons that this opportunity was really appealing as I think it's going to be a great opportunity to show off some of the things going on in Rice and Steel counties and learn from people in Rice and Steel counties as well. I like that because I think that's probably been the best thing about this podcast or Mike, especially working with you and, and, you know, the growers we've already talked to is, is the learning opportunities. I mean, there's just so much there. We, we tend to think of things in the theoretical and it's nice to get out there and see them applied in field and, and see how that actually works. And, and then also see if it, you know, if, if our theories are right, I guess it'd be the, probably be the way to put that. <laughs> right. And, you know, coming from my perspective, I'm just very appreciative um, that Claire is willing and excited about jumping on this. You know, this is a project that Nathan and I started, well, really wasn't that long ago. Um, and whenever you leave a position like this, you just kind of wonder, hey, which one of my projects are going to keep going? What's going to go on? Right. And I was really excited when Claire said she was going to hop on here and Nathan was kind of listening out. Hey, yep, these are your ideas moving forward. We're going to keep this thing going. So, so thank you to both of you for that. Well, I'll exercise my hosting muscle here. I have Uh-oh. to learn somehow, Mike. And so <laughs> what, what was your favorite thing about this podcast or, uh, you know, you said you're happy to have it live on. What do you hope the legacy is moving forward? You know, my favorite thing, easily my favorite thing, and this is not a shot at anybody, right? Like everything has been really fun about this. I talked to my dad in a way on that first podcast about the things that he did as a producer and I heard such positive ways that he talked about himself and the things that he did. You know, hey, I didn't get uh, no-till farming in year one or year two, 
it took 10 years before I got better at it, right? And he built a sprayer and he's like, yep, yeah, it wasn't the perfect thing year one, but I stuck with it and I kept getting better. And, you know, even after I ran the boom into the side of the bridge, I still stuck with it. It was so good. <laughs> and, you know, that type of conversation piece, obviously I had a deep connection there with my own father, but when you open up this type of conversation with just producers in general and give them a floor for them to be able to talk about, this is why we make decisions and this is the struggles that we go through. It's like, all right, now all of a sudden we get this human side to agriculture that, you know, yes, it's very good for our community, other producers listening to it, but it's also really good for people outside the ag community to be able to come back and go, you know, I wonder why that guy was running tillers through his field. Oh, he had to put lime down. He had to get it mixed in. So it was activated. Oh, okay. Like now all of a sudden people are learning a lot more both within and outside the community. Cool. Well, I'm think, excited to be part of that. <laughs> well, and I think that's a fair point. You know, I think it humanizes, it provides a human face to what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, and I wish I could remember his full response to, to this, you know, at the end of the day, we, we talked a lot about risk and risk management and everything we do is about those two very, very things, whether, whether we realize it or not, it's, it's all about, you know, how do we manage risk, whether that's risk from flooding, from droughts, from, you know, failure, disease, insect pests, uh, weeds, or, or other things. We're, we're all about managing those. And I think that's probably been one of the, the most fun things is, you know, you get into the history of some of these farms and some of these uh, farmers and, and you get a chance to, to hear from them firsthand, like, oh, here, here's how I dealt with that. And this is why I do the things that I do. And, you know, maybe it isn't always 100% perfect, but they're always working on it. You know, it's, yeah. it's never something that they're just, they've just stopped. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Any other comments that we'd like to make on this? I don't know. Claire, do you have anything else you want to say? Let the people know with uh, you coming on board. It's okay if you don't. Yeah. Not that I can, <laughs> not that I can think of. But yeah, if we don't have any other comments or, or questions here for each other, again, Claire, thanks for joining us here today. And, and I look forward to working with you in the future. Mike, this is not the last time we're going to see you. I know that uh, we already have plans to, you know, start looking at, okay, how do we talk about nitrate and water concerns so we can have Mike back on the, on the show or on the podcast? Cause well, you know, we're going to miss you greatly and we want to make sure we keep that connection. So, uh, you know, from all of us, thanks for, for being a part of extension and thanks for being a part of this podcast. It's been fun last about a year because we started this, the plans for this about a year ago. So it's been a, a fun year or so of podcasting with you. And uh, with that, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in today to our, the field guide podcast. Again, if you would like more information on anything we've talked about, or if you'd like to talk to your local extension agent, you can go to z or extension.umn.edu backslash local and check out all of the local offices and find your contact information there. Again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.